Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. The Waco History Podcast is sponsored by Brotherwell Brewery on Historic Bridge Street in Waco. Cross the Brazos and Waco Ride hard and I'll make it by dawn Cross the Brazos and Waco I'm safe when I reach San Welcome back to the Waco History Podcast. Uh, This episode is the third live episode that we've done uh, of the Waco History Podcast. And um, we've done uh, one on location at Pinewood. We've done one at the Dr. Pepper Museum. And with this, we're happy to go back to the Dr. Pepper Museum for the opening of their new exhibit, Sit Down to Take a Stand, which is on the integration of lunch counters in Waco. And we're fortunate to visit today with someone who participated in one of those lunch counter sit-ins in Waco in the 1960s, uh, Mrs. Cherry Bogus. Uh, Mrs. Bogus, uh, Bridget planned her birthday extravaganza, and you may have had a nice birthday party before. It was trash compared to uh, this celebration uh, that Mrs. Bogus had. And so I'm going to give you this microphone, and as we talk, if you'll talk into that so they can hear you, does that sound good? Well, Mr. Bogus, we don't have as much time as I would like, so I, I wanna, I'm going to give them a little background, and, uh, and we'll pick up the story in Tennessee, your story in Tennessee. So Mrs. Bogus is originally from Miami, Florida, so as they say in Texas, she ain't from around here, uh, but her parents sent her to school at Knoxville College, and so she was going to school at Knoxville College, and she had an opportunity to go to a training in Nashville, Tennessee. And so do you mind telling uh, the group here a little bit about that training that you went to in Nashville? Yes, a group of us at Knoxville, where we had heard about the sit-in demonstration that colleges were doing. And we weren't doing anything in Knoxville. And I had classmates uh, who were at Knoxville would go to Nashville just to not to physically participate but to see what they were doing and came back and told some of us and I being from Miami I wanted to hear and told us that they were demonstrating and if any of us would like to participate or start a campaign in Waco they advise us to be trained before establishing the campaign. That's the way we, that's the language we use. And so there were, I, I can't remember how many, it wasn't that many. I, I had a homegirl in Knoxville and I mentioned to her about it and she said, well, if you can get here, we could get you a place to stay with Miss somebody. I can't remember her name. She takes in students to stay with her on the weekends 
and they could, don't want to go home or they can't go home, they would stay with Miss, and I can't remember her name. And so I, I, I didn't even get permission from my parents. I, I don't think that was something that you did back then. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So I told my mother that uh, I had a friend who was having a birthday party, and uh, I could I stay at her house, and uh, we have the party. And I said her mother will uh, uh, give. Uh, he said it's all right, so she wanted to talk with the mother. She thought she was, <laughs> and uh, we. I stayed uh, in the city, but I wasn't in the city. I was in another city, <laughs> which was Knoxville, where they were having the training. And a group of us got together, and <laughs> believe it or not, we took the Greyhound bus. I think we did, and went to Knoxville. And. Uh, not to Knoxville, Nashville. To Nashville. Mm -hmm. And we had a, a training session on sitting at the counters. And the first thing that was mentioned, we will do it nonviolently. I don't care if you get slapped. I don't care if you call a nigger. I don't, we don't care what. We're there for the purpose of being trained where we can organize and be able to sit at a lunch counter. If they can take our money to buy shoes, they can take our money to eat. And so we had two days. I was able to stay with a friend of mine. She wasn't a friend then, she is now. And with, uh, uh, Pauline, Pauline Burns, if you know her. She was here, but when I was in Knoxville, I st stayed, and I can't remember the lady's name, but we stayed in, in, in Nashville at this lady's house. She was really, really nice, and we were able to practice sit-in demonstrations. And we sat in, I think we practiced for about a week, and we had our first demonstration. I had a homeboy at that time, and we knew he was a fireball, and we tried to get him not to participate because it was nonviolent. <laughs> <laughs> but he participated anyway, and we, we call him Buck. I can't remember his last name, but his name was Buck. And so we did our first uh, training, and we were called everything under the sun. That was our coworkers, our colleagues doing the training. On the actual event, we went to, and I can't remember the, the, the name of the store where we made our first sit-in in Nashville. And they put a cigarette out in, in Buck's head. They called us everything under the sun. And I was about ready to fight. But I prayed and asked God for strength. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't religious as I am. <laughs> 
and I said some things that my mother would really turn over. But we sat in at the counter, and Buck had a, a guy, a white guy came up, and I can't remember what he said, but I remember him putting that cigarette out in Buck's head. And I remember Buck knocking the devil out of it. And we stopped and we pulled him and said, don't do this. And he said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this at all because I can't take it. He said, I will support you in any other way, but I can't be a part of it. I would defeat the purpose. And he was one of our strong supporters. Hmm. Well, we demonstrated and guy, I got arrested in Nashville. I was scared to call home. I was a freshman at Knoxville College. I was scared to call home and tell my mom I was in jail. But I did. And the president of Knoxville College, his brother lived in Miami. That's how I knew about Knoxville. And his brother was my family physician. And he called and said, this young lady that you got us here, got sent here, is in jail. But she's in jail for a good cause. And we got to notify her parents. Now I'd rather for them to know, but I sure didn't want my mom in there. <laughs> Especially my mama. I did send you to college to go sit in at the at, at, and, and to eat. You can get you a hamburger somewhere else. Go to a colored restaurant or something. And I, I started crying and I said, I'm you know, I'm sorry and blah 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 this and I won't do it anymore. And I didn't. I didn't do it anymore. There, I did. <laughs> So my godfather was an AME bishop, and his first tenure was in Texas. And we had a Paul Quinn, at Paul Quinn College. And he, I think he and my mother and dad got together to give me a scholarship to come to Waco. And I was a music major at Knoxville, and I was on scholarship. But my mother told me, pack your clothes, you're coming home, because we can't be going to jail and trying to get you out of jail. She said, I appreciate what you're doing, but you need to finish school. And so she said, I'm going to see a bishop uh, so they can get you a, another scholarship. If not, we're going to send you to Paul Quinn. I had never heard of Paul Quinn. <laughs> I said, where is that? She said, it's in Texas. I said, I don't know nobody in Texas. She said, your godparents are there. I said, but they, they be gone all the time. I don't want to go. I, I won't do no more demonstrations, Mom. I promise you. I cried. I didn't want to leave. But I went home. I, I finished my, that, my freshman year at Knoxville College. And when I hit the campus, Paul Quinn is much smaller than Knoxville. And I, did, I said, I want to stay here. This, this, they don't have a dormitory. They said, yeah, they got a dormitory. I was unhappy 
but my parents told me I would stay and go to Paul Quinn. Well, I, I, it was, I was a loner for about three or four months until that influx of Alabama students came. <laughs> Carrie Cawley. Uh, Carrie Cawley was from Birmingham. They participated in the sit-in demonstration, but they weren't sent home. But that's something about the scholarship situation with most of those students through their churches. And so I became a part of the Bama Club. I was the only one who was not from Alabama that became a part of the Bama Club. And I brought to their attention at that time, well, you know, they said, Cherry, why are you not back at, at, at Knoxville? And I told them why. I said, but you know what? We can do the same thing here. <laughs> And Carrie Cawley weighs about 250. He said, uh-uh, you ain't gonna get my mama whooping me for not going to <laughs> He said, oh, no, we don't need to do this. I said, yes, we can. I said, I, I know they're having a training in Nashville because I stayed in contact with my colleagues. And Maybe one of you can go. Now you know I'm in Texas. You know what kind of what kind of money I had. Maybe if if you can, uh, y'all can go there. I'll let you meet the contact that I have in Knoxville, and they can tell you when that training that they're going to have, which we need to go to. I've already had mine, but we need as many if we want to do this demonstration. We need to be trained how to do it and what to do. So it's fuzzy, but I remember uh, Carrie Cawley saying, I'm going to Nashville to be trained. I said, how are you getting there? He said, my mama sent me some money. She, I told him a little lie. I said, I would like to go but I don't know how I can go and stay in the dormitory. If any of you know, she's going to kill me and I call her name. Florine Oliver married Henry Oliver. You know, Florine was my best friend. And I told my mother I was staying with Florine for the weekend. And I had a little money because, my, remember, my godfather was the bishop. So when I needed a little extra money, I would always go to my godparents. And I was able to go to, to uh, Nashville to be trained. Came back to Waco, and we met in the Student Union building, but they didn't know we, what we were meeting up for or about. And, stay, and uh, we would be at the table. You know, Paul Quinn back in the day, the student union building with the tables. We just had conversation at the tables. And uh, I said, we need to sit at it to demonstrate that we go to all this, uh, the dimes to five and tens or wherever and spend our money. We can't even buy a hot dog. 
we can buy it, but we have to take it home. We can't sit there and eat it. And so what are you planning on doing? I said, if we can get a demonstration and let them know that we are paying customers like everybody else, but we have to be trained. And make a long story short, we finally got our little two cent training in and sat down to see, and I can't remember the name of which store. All I know remember is Pipkin's Drugstore. Y'all remember Pipkin's? Yep. Uh, on Elm Avenue. On Elm yep. Avenue. And, and we made a, a agreed to do that, and I can't remember if it was on a weekend or a weekday, but it was, tw it was 12 of us, I think, 12 of us. And I said, remember, we, if they spit on us, we got to take the spit. If they cuss us out, we can, don't curse them back. We got to do this because we have a right to sit at that lunch counter and buy and eat if we want to. So we started out, and as I said, I think but it would wind up, it was only about six of us at the, at the first trial. And they asked us to leave the first time we sat down. They refused to serve us. And there was a black man that was the cook, and he, he just shook his head. I don't know if he said that he was embarrassed or if it was a shame we couldn't eat. I don't know what he was thinking at that time. So the next time was about the next month. We didn't we didn't want to go back anymore, and we said let's let's try it again. And our meeting place was in the student union on Paul Quinn's campus, but they didn't know what we were talking about, and so. We did, and when we got there this second time, the stools were up. And we couldn't imagine how in the world they knew we were coming. I said, oh my goodness, y'all, let's do it tomorrow. I bet you it won't be up tomorrow because they got the white folks coming for lunch. So we did it the second time. The, the students were not there. We didn't say anything. And so, I don't know if you all remember Belmont Fluellen, they're from Waco. Belmont Fluellen saw me on campus and said, Cherry, I think I know why they're taking up the students when you all uh, walk down to sit at the lunch counter. She said, she said, there are a group of ladies at Lander's store. Anybody remember Lander's? Oh, good, because I <laughs> Lander's store. And Belmont Fluellen was in Lander's store at the time. When they saw us coming, going to Pipkin, they saw us and called Pipkins and told Pipkins we were coming. Now, I don't know what kind of stools they were. All I know, we didn't have no place to sit down. <laughs> and Velvet came to me on campus and she said, are you 
the one that was going to the city demonstrations at the lunch counters down at Atlanta? And I said, yes. She said, have y'all been able to sit down? I said, no. She said, I know why. And she told me. She said, every time you would pass by there walking, them old ladies, they were old ladies that worked in Landers. She said, them old one and them old women would pick up the phone and say, here they come. And that's why you couldn't sit down. So I went back and talked with, with uh, uh, oh, I can't think of his name, but the Alabama crew and told them what I had found out. And I, that I invited Belmuth Flewellen to come to the meeting. And she did. And she told us, she said, now I can't participate in sitting down myself, but I can support you if you need a ride somewhere, or you would need to go another route. I can see that you get there. She said, because if one of them say something to me, or spit on me, or hit me, I'm gonna turn around and cuss them out and, kick and, and, and beat them up. So I wouldn't do well as a, as a participant. I appreciated Belmith for that. And she stuck to us, she stuck by us. She said she didn't go back to Landa's store anymore though. But she stuck by us and if we needed a, a ride, because you know back there in the day, female students at Paul Quinn couldn't ride in nobody's car unless they had permission from the parents. And so she, she said, I'll take you in the car and we'll go around and nobody will see us and you can go in. And it was about, at this time we were down about six. I'm not sure of the count. And we went in. The black man that I think was the cook didn't want to see us coming. And he shook his head as if to say, don't come in here. But we sat down at Pipkin's drugstore and he was told not to serve us. We, I think it was about five or six times at intervals, it wasn't back to back. It was like maybe this month we would do it twice and then the next month we would do it once. But the last time we did, I can't remember how many times, but the last time we sat in, the black man that was the cook came up and he said, what y'all want? <laughs> and we looked at him, he said, y'all from the college? We said, yes. I know y'all need food, y'all ain't eating much. What y'all want to eat? And we told him, said, we don't want to get you in any trouble. He said, I'm not gonna be in any trouble. If they won't let me give you a, a order your food and you want to eat it, then I can go somewhere and cook somewhere else. If he walked through that door right now, I wouldn't remember his face. Yeah. And sure enough, we had we we all had hamburgers. Well, somebody had a grilled cheese, <laughs> <laughs> but we all had hamburgers. You know, he gave us those hamburgers, and. We went one more time. He wasn't there that this time. Hmm. 
So we stopped, we didn't do it anymore. Hmm. But that's initially what we did at Paul Quinn College. Hmm. And my mother said, you coming home, you going to Florida anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I had my godfather to call and he said, no, 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 she'll be all right. <laughs> don't, don't, she don't need to go to Florida anymore. And I cried, I said, I don't want to go to Florida and I want to stay here. And she said, well, you better keep your hips out of jail. <laughs> and that's basically, and we continued our demonstrations. Uh -huh. We continued, and finally, uh, I can't remember, I'm 80 years old, I can't remember how long, how many demonstrations we had at that time. I, I, I know it was a, more than three more. Mm -hmm. But we were able, and we were in, I think we had a little article in the paper where they served us and he was so glad to see us, the man that was there. I don't know who he, he, he was, I don't know his name, but he was proud of us and we were proud of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Can we thank... <laughs> so, yes, please, please, yeah. slap me upside my head or put a cigarette out or put water on me, I'll be ready to retaliate. Mm -hmm. But I will support you. And then he and Belmeth Fluellen, I don't know if you remember Belmeth Fluellen. She was uh, quite popular. And she was always there to bring us a sandwich and we would eat it in the car and then go sit in at the counter. <laughs> <laughs> And so she was a strong supporter. <laughs> well, I, it's so, we can be so happy that all those school kids that Chris was talking about, they're going to be coming through or going to be hearing uh, Miss Bogus's words as she talked about her experience. And boy, I'm glad I'm not reading that. I'm glad I'm hearing it uh, from the person experiencing it firsthand. So. I know y'all are anxious to, to see the exhibit and what's been put together now, so I think we ought to move out, do you think, to take a look at that? Anything else we need to do in here, Chris? Yeah, cool. Thank you. First of all, I can get another Thanks for listening to the Waco History Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes so we can reach more listeners. You can find show notes and info on every episode at wacohistorypodcast.com and more info on Waco's past at wacohistory.org.
Our theme music, used with permission, is Cross the Brazos at Waco, performed by the late Billy Walker. For more info on Billy's music, go to billywalker.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Thank you.